Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoors, the official podcast of Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. We live by the motto, it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. And we live the outdoor lifestyle every day. Whether you're a landowner or dreaming of joining the ranks of those closest to the earth, we're your brothers and sisters of the outdoors. We hunt, we fish, we're stewards of the land, and our Living the Dream team will show you the way to enjoying the land and all the outdoor pursuits it has to offer. Here's your host, Bill Cooper. Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Cooper, and I'm delighted to say I've got the boss on the podcast today. This guy runs all over the world, you know, and it's difficult to chase him <laughs> down. But, Daryl, glad to have you back on the program. Hey, glad to be here, too. Glad to be here. Um, you got a guest with you today. Yeah, I do. i got Justin Briel. He's our Illinois land specialist, and we're going to get to hear from Justin today. From the land of Lincoln. That's right, the land of Lincoln. Gotcha. <laughs> Um, hey, we're here at the new office between um, Leesburg and Cuba, Missouri, and we, we're just moving in here this week. We're actually moving furniture in here, so we're quite excited. If y'all get a chance to stop by, uh, please do anytime. It's a new Living the Dream office. We've got all kinds of mounts and cool stuff here. I also kind of wanted to announce that we're going to open up the big training room in the back and the uh, banquet room uh, to the public or conservation department groups or any outdoor groups that want to have any events here. Uh, to be open to them, just call us, and uh, we'd love to offer it up to them. Hey, uh, does that include me and my grandson? We're always looking for cool places to camp out. We can pitch a tent in that room. Well, we got a lake out here, so, we'll, yeah, sure, oh. sure you can do that, right. Uh, you need to hire us as guards, and we'd be glad to guard your fish for you. For sure, for sure. <laughs> well, what a beautiful facility, though. How many square feet in this building? Uh, well, you know, I didn't really count the upstairs, but it's a 50 by 100 building, so we got a lot of room. Uh, we got you know, some private offices for the admin staff that supports five plus states now that we're licensed in, uh, along with the big training room in the back, uh, kind of open room for meetings or whatever. So, and you can see how many people in there. Uh, we have room for uh, easy for a hundred. Uh, if we have the big uh, doors open, you know, when you had some outside stuff, we could do maybe 130 or 40. Wow, that that's a lot of people. So I encourage you, hey, you fishing clubs, conservation clubs, whatever, man, get a hold of us. They'll, they'll make it happen. Be a great facility, man. You know you're going to have trouble keeping them out of the pond, though. Oh, that's okay. They can go oh, to that's the okay pond. Too. That's why I built the pond, yeah. Hey, we'll have, we'll, have, we'll have a fish fry. Well, Justin, man, welcome to this side of the, the river. Thank you. Thank you. I spent a lot of time over here, but uh, I, I'm finding that out. So we met. We met Justin. We were uh, fortunate enough. He's one of our clients, and that's the coolest thing because you know we get to know our clients pretty well. And when we do that, um, then he became you know a, a agent here with Living the Dream. But we sold him a track down in Dent County. So he hunts all over the place too. He's on both both states, Illinois and Missouri. So he gets gets the thing on both both sides. Well, that's a cool thing about so many of the land agents you you pick up. Uh, uh, I know, man, you've run into so many uh, people across the country, and, and of course, you've got a lot of agents here in Missouri for sure. And all of them are outdoors people. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, Justin's into the the whole deal. I mean, what what do you what's your favorite things to hunt? Uh, spring turkey seasons. My favorite by far, but I also, uh, I got beagles that I run for rabbit hunting and bow hunting whitetails is my other passion. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Does well, he have time to work? 
Yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, when you're out working, showing property and farms and, and ranches, you know, you're also scouting for deer and turkeys. Well, and now, listen, else. I got a bone to pick with you about that. Okay. Yeah, you know, I've been after him ever since I've been working with him. I said, you know, uh, I mean, you sell these properties very quickly. I mean, nobody's got any complaints. But I said, I think I could help you sell them even quicker if you would give me keys to these key property gates, you know. I could get out and scout those deer and turkey out. I'd be glad yeah. to f- film them before I shot them. You know? you know, it's been several years you've never got a key, have you? I haven't found one yet. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. So what What do you, uh, Justin, like in Illinois, like um, – What's your favorite county over there for turkeys? I mean, is there one that shines over other ones, or what? What's your favorite area? Because I know you got so many diverse uh, habitats and areas over there. You got the you know the ag land, the flat land, then you got the hills down by Shawnee. I mean, what's your favorite part of that? My favorite to hunt is probably the ag land. Uh, it's tougher to find the birds, but when you do, they're more concentrated. Okay. So uh, the tough part is just finding them, and then once you do, you can usually key on them pretty good. Uh, across the board, though, I mean, there's most turkeys are probably down in the Shawnee, uh, that part, that hill country. A lot of public ground to search around down there too. Oh, that's nice. Did you? Uh, so you you got a you got a turkey somewhere this season, right? Or a couple down in, in Illinois? Or I got one in Illinois. Our season's set up a little bit different. We mm-hmm. have to buy individual tags for individual counties. Okay. Oh, uh, oh I didn't. It's actually broken into five seasons. Okay. So, really? Yeah, I, I usually hunt the first two to three seasons in Illinois before Missouri opens up, and then oh. I'll come over here and then see where we can go from there. But, yeah, I killed one in a farm in Washington County that I have access to. Okay. Kind of a funny story. I missed him four times. Four times? <laughs> wound up calling him back in and killing him on the fifth shot. Man, that sounds like my son-in-law, Lucas. He, he misses his stuff, too, for, for one or two times. It's a good thing I reload my own shells. It makes it a lot cheaper. <laughs> so how, how did you miss him four times? Well, oh. I just started uh, reloading that TSS, and I was ah. shooting at about – I was shoot, got it sighted in and mm. was – a little bit of a windy day the day I did it, and apparently it was enough to blow my pattern over. At 20 yards, I was 6 inches off, and at 40 yards, I was 18 inches off. Uh, were, you, were you doing a red dot? or No, I got the uh, bolt-on iron sights oh, okay. that you just put on a shotgun, and apparently I was a little bit off. Yeah. yeah. It, it, did it take you three misses to fix it? or? Uh, <laughs> oh, no, it was the fourth. Uh, <laughs> they came back to about 45 yards, and I aimed about two feet over to the right, and oh. – Hit okay, him. was this the same silly turkey, all four messes? Or it was the same one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, he was lucky. He found one of those dumb turkeys. <laughs> we only kill the dumb ones. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I can't laugh at him too much. You know, I didn't hunt much this year, different issues going on. But last year, oh, I was so anxious to get a, another turkey killed. That's my passion, too. I love turkey hunting. But I went out on friends' farm and, and – uh, Fortunately, sat out about 80 yards from some on the roost, not realizing it, you know, but the first time I whined on a call, soft tree call, one gobbled, you know, and I'm watching him strut on the limb and all. And turkeys, two gobblers dropped right off the roost straight down and hit the ground, and I thought, man, they're going to come right to me. But two or three hens showed up. You know how that goes. Oh, yeah. Next time I checked on them, they're going the other way. But uh, I thought, well, I, I need to move. But I had a big brush pile between us, so I'm low crawling, get up behind this brush pile, put me within 50 yards of him. And I called one time, and a gobbler gobbled, and it's close. So I peeked up, and here come a big Jake and a hen, 15 yards walking fast straight at me. And they were going to bust me, so, well, I'm going to shoot this Jake, you know. So nine yards, he stops. And so I just come up real quick, 
hook my strap on that gun on a limb, <laughs> you know, and you're fighting a limb and uh, shot and missed. And I'd picked up a pump gun that morning. I usually shoot a semi-auto. So, you know, it's easy to shoot a turkey running oh, straight, yeah. straight yeah, away. Yeah. Well, I'm standing there pulling the trigger, not pumping my pump gun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't work as well that way. Well, no. if, if we're telling funny stories. So, yeah. and again, we're, this would be for another podcast, but as you know, I had hunted Africa, right? So I got yeah. back after a couple-week hunt. It was very, you know, I was really wore out. It was tough hunt. It was 105 degrees, and it was in Zimbabwe. It was thick as all get out. He gets to go to Africa, and he's complaining. See. Yeah, I'm not complaining. It was oh, okay. a good hunt. I mean, you know, we were, we were able to harvest an elephant at Cape Buffalo. It was very cool. Very neat deal. Part of the campfire project. We'll have another podcast on that. Yeah. When, uh, when I got back, you know, Hunter had been, my son had been uh, turkey hunting at my farm for several days, and he, he wasn't connecting. Turkeys were outsmarting them, you know. So he's like, come on, let's go I, hunt. And I'm like, I talked to him. I heard that whining. Uh, did you? Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll go out, I guess. So he comes and gets me, and I'm kind of tired. I'm going, uh, let's just drive up to that field. And he's like, well, we're going to go, yeah, we're just driving up there. And it's before daybreak. We go up. Kind of windy, really bad day, didn't hear anything. And I didn't really care if I heard anything, right? We're coming back to the Can-Am from Cowtown, by the hey. way. Real nice one, and I'm just getting ready to hop in there, and um, all of a sudden, Hunter goes, oh, my gosh, there's one right there. And I'm like, where? Well, it was about 100 yards in front of the Can-Am. Mm-hmm. This is kind of funny story. So I'm like, okay, let's let's set up. There's T hits them again. There's two of them. They're not 100 yards away. So we walk down, get right at the edge <laughs> of this kind of small little creek and one of my fields, and um, I go, Are you ready? He goes, yeah. Well, I, we faced in the way where I thought he was going to get a shot, and I'm facing more to the left. Well, of course, they both come into the left. <laughs> Perfect shot for me. I didn't hunt, I don't know, less than an hour after getting back, and I popped one, and he couldn't get a shot at the second one. And he's like, what kind of luck is that? He goes, I've been hunting a week. You come back, and in one hour, you kill a turkey. Kill a bird. Yeah. That's, that's rubbing salt in the wound. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. But, and, and it was 50 yards from the Can-Am. That's what's oh, even funnier. Oh, yeah. Well, this is the guy that, wasn't it last year that you killed your gobbler with a 410 pistol? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I still, I love hunting with that Thompson Center contender. With the TSS mm-hmm. that Justin was talking about, number nines, it's a deadly round. And if you can get them in close enough, it's great. But we had also, after that hunt, went to Nebraska and did some Rios. And we killed three Rios up there. And I had one that got so close. I had that TSS, and I shot, and I... The pattern was so tight, it yeah. missed the head, and I shot a tree perfectly. I mean, just <laughs> oh, the yeah. best pattern ever, but it was like a baseball. And the thing ran off, and I'm like, and Hunter's like, and we're hunting together. He's like, I'm like, what, what? And he goes, and it went down this little draw, and I jump up, and he's still running, and I popped him again. And that was with that Thompson Center contender, but it was a, a 20 gauge instead of a, a 410. Yeah, but still, that's with a pistol. That, that's on my bucket list. Haven't done that yet. But, yeah. you know, the crazy, funny things that happened, one of the most the most embarrassing turkey hunt I ever had. It's been probably 30, 35 years ago. A guy, young guy that had uh, started Timber Ghost Camouflage out of Rolla, Missouri, called me on Saturday night. This was the last week of the season. He said, Bill, you think you can go out and kill a turkey in the morning? I said, well, it's possible. I said, what's, what's the ur- urge here? You know, he's, I've had a film crew in here from New York all week long. I paid them thousands of dollars. We don't have a dead turkey. We just need a dead turkey. I said, ah, I'd probably do it. So I had a great place to hunt on a friend's place out by Merrimack Spring Park. Went out, and, and as luck had it, you know, you get to feel sometimes turkeys are near. So I just plopped down, and sure enough, whined, turkeys gobbled. 
80 yards away, and then I could see this gobbler actually sitting on the roost. Right. He was all by himself, cackled a couple times, flew down, walked to me on a string. I could have shot him at 40 yards any time after that, clear, straight walk. Well, I want to make sure I killed him. And I, I was really on the ball, so the night before, I went out and brought one of those ultra-tight jerky chokes. Oh, yeah. They'd just come out. I never shot my shotgun. <laughs> just screwed it in, went turkey hunt. Turkey's coming. He gets up 12 yards from me behind a stump. Oh, yeah. Click the safety off. He steps out, a shot, and, of course, missed. And when I missed, now that turkey, that we say they're dumb, he took one hop, got behind a huge white oak, flew straight away from me, no second shot. But when I missed that shot, the woods just broke out in laughter. <laughs> there were three guys kind of trespassing that came in and was after that bird, and they saw me, so they watched the whole show, and I missed them. Well, they knew you couldn't shoot at them. If they were trespassing, you'd yeah. miss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, hey, the worst part, I had to call the dude back and say, no turkey, man. No you know? turkey, sorry, but we got some cool, funny footage for you. Yeah. <laughs> Some so, B-real. Yeah, the B-real stuff. So, yeah. so Justin, in um, Illinois, uh, how many tags can – I mean, you said there's like five kind of different split seasons. Oh. Yeah, how many tags do you get there? As you a, you as can a, get three tags. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, you can't get more tags, but you're limited to a county and a time period. So, like, the first season is a Monday through Friday, and then I don't remember exactly, but I th- the following all include a weekend. Okay. But they're like five to seven-day seasons. Okay, that's kind of – is it on a quota basis then after they kill so many turkeys? It's not it, – the quota basis is on how many tags they give out. Okay. So it, the idea is to keep less pressure in the woods so not everybody's hitting the same piece of public at well, the, same, the time. same time. That makes sense. Well, I guess it makes sense, but that'd be that'd be difficult for us Missouri boys over here in Ozarks to comprehend yeah. and deal with, yeah. you know. That math so, would be hard for I, I don't want to get political <laughs> here, but, you know, it seems like everything's difficult now. Right. <laughs> That's a fact. That's a fact. There's a reason I there's a reason I hunt over here a lot. Oh man, well, he's got land in Dent County too. It's the best of both worlds. But you got some have you got a, have you got a key there. to that land? I'm not proud, you know. His land? Yeah, he has the key. You can talk oh, to him about that. Oh, I He'll be there tonight. He's oh. on his way down there for the tonight. Well, I've spent a lot of time in in Dent County. We've had turkey camps down in there, and I actually ran a UPS route down in there. I don't know ever hill and hollow and a little gravel road and. I've oh been yeah, there. I've been. Did there. you do you fish down at Current while you're down there? At yeah, your place? Uh, yeah. I uh, like to fish down, and we're fairly close to Montauk. So uh, when they, I have my son with me, we'll head down there and fish a little bit. If I'm by myself, I really like to fish outside the park. Yeah, um, you know, it, it's a kind of a hidden gem. There's not. I mean, there, you'll see people down there and floated and stuff this time of the year, but for the most part, there's not a whole lot of around. Oh yeah. Nope. If you particularly if you go there in a week, I was down there just a few weeks ago, and oh man, the water just full of brown trout, man. I didn't. Oh have, really? Oh yeah, a lot. Nice. That that's one of the better uh, brown trout fisheries, you know, the side of the continental divide, man. You bet. And there's some big browns down there too. You know, one part of Illinois that I've always really loved is Calhoun County, and it's right across from where I duck hunt there, and I just I just love the look of the land over there. It's beautiful. Have you been there, Bill? Right off the Mississippi. On the Calhoun County part, of it. yeah, a couple of times. It's been a long time yeah. ago. I just, yeah. I just like the way it lays, but you know, and also I like Shawnee, which mm-hmm. is south. We were looking at some stuff down there. I think you're working on a deal down by that now, yeah. right? Yeah, we're working on one near the Shawnee National Forest. Actually, uh, butts up to it. That's cool. So, if somebody is looking for you know a nice piece of Illinois land over there, but what's uh, what's the best way to get a hold of you, Justin? The best way to get a hold of me is my uh, phone number, 618-410-9496, or my email, justinb at livingthedreamland.com. 
Justin B. LivingTheDreamLand.com. Yeah, look it up. We got uh, He's got uh, some neat parcels over there that he knows about. You can talk to him about and hopefully get in on them and check it out. But uh, Or if you want land in Missouri, we can help you there too. So reach out to me or Justin anytime. And he's got the keys. He's got the keys. Good yes, deal. Sir. Hey, guys, we need to take just a short break here. But folks, don't go away. We've got some pretty interesting stuff to talk about in this second segment. We'll be right back. Slow down and enjoy the simple things in life. Welcome to Huzal Valley Resort, providing family fun since 1979. They offer floating, and you can choose from canoes, rafts, kayaks, and inner tubes on the beautiful, crystal clear Huzal River. Lodging, let us be your home away from home. Choose from a variety of lodging units while still enjoying the great outdoors. With over two and a half miles of river camping on the crystal clear Huzal, we're sure you and your family will find the perfect spot to pitch your tent or park your RV. Have fun and let us help you get the most of your stay. Check out our guided trail rides and Karen's Cafe menu. There's something for everyone at Huzal. There's a campground store on site that has everything you need for your trip, whether you're in need of gear, grub, or something else. Chances are they've got it. And their campground has RV sites and premises sites for all your camping needs. If you like the adventures of camping with a cozy bed at night, we have a variety of different lodging units to choose from. But who's all valley? There's always something going on out there. Check them out on Facebook, or if you want to make a reservation, simply call 1-800-367-4516. Hi, guys. Rick Day with the Cowtown USA. Here from Cowtown USA Superstore these days. And, and you might say, what do you mean, Rick, Superstore? Well... Pretty much whatever you want to do outside, we sell, we service, and we service everything we do sell. We've got, uh, for this year, new lines of tractors. The slogan is selling you red tractors, saving you some green cash. We've got Yanmar tractors uh, that are coming out of Houston. we got uh, Mahinda tractors that are coming out of Georgia. We've got all the equipment as far as tillers, rakes, buckets, cutters we've got it all to go with them we've got some great financing i know financing financing stupid now but the manufacturers are offering some zero interest and some rebates you know so there's some choices to be made in there we've got can-am atvs utvs and and that's as low as 1.99 then we've got the can-am spiders out there for you we've got can-am rikers we first started doing can-am 25 years ago nobody ever heard of them now everybody understands that they are the best equipment on the market. We've got that, and for the first time in a couple of years, we have got some choices for you. So, but but that won't stay that way. If you want something for this spring and something that you want to ride this summer and this fall, you need to get to Cowtown USA. That's for sure. Then we've got uh, the the marine side of this. We picked up Mercury. We picked up Suzuki. We've been Legend SS for 25 years, which, in my opinion, is one of the best aluminum uh, jet boats on the market. We picked up Blazer boats the other day, another all-welded boat. We've got some of those in inventory as well. And, and here now, for the sixth year in a row, we are Missouri's number one horse trader dealer. We are Murhouse number one horse trader dealer nationwide. But we've got Murhow, we've got Lakota, we've got Calico, we've got Bayos flatbed trailers. 
I mean, guys, we pretty much are, well, the sign says Superstore. So you can come here and shop. Whatever you want to do, we can do. Uh, so give us a call here at Cowtown, 573-885-6300. CowtownUSAINC.com is our website. But give us a call at 573-885-6300. Thank you. Hi, I'm Nick Darling with the Conservation Federation of Missouri. CFM is a nonprofit organization with the goal of ensuring conservation of Missouri's wildlife and natural resources and preservation of our state's rich outdoor heritage through advocacy, education, and partnerships. This time of year is always a great time to get outside and enjoy the outdoors with your family and friends. Like so many others I've met, my father was the person that introduced me to all the amazing natural resources Missouri has to offer. He taught me so much about the outdoors, and to this day, one of my favorite things to do is to go to do outdoor activities with him. Whether it's camping, fishing, kayaking, or hunting for morel mushrooms, I always have a blast, and I always learn something new from him. If you have a similar story... Consider gifting your father a membership to the Conservation Federation of Missouri. With Father Day, Father's Day right around the corner, now is a perfect time to show your appreciation to the person who introduced you to the outdoors. For just $35 a year, a CFM membership comes with a subscription to our bi-monthly magazine, voting rights for our elections and resolutions, and the option to become more involved in advocacy for Missouri's natural resources. To purchase a membership, visit confedmo.org It's time for Conservation Notes with Missouri Department of Conservation Deputy Director Aaron Jeffries. Hi, this is Aaron Jeffries with the Missouri Department of Conservation. Hey, just want to talk to you a little bit about private land assistance here in Missouri. Uh, Missouri is rather unique in that we have an army of staff that are devoted to helping landowners manage their property for fish, forest, and wildlife. With 93% of Missouri and private ownership, the key to conservation success is private land habitat management. So I would encourage you as a landowner to go to the department's website, look up on the upper right corner, there's contacts. Go to your county, find out who your private land conservationist is, and set up an appointment with them. They'll come out, visit your farm, kind of interview you, see what you want to accomplish, whether it's forest management, deer or turkey, or if you're interested in quail or grassland birds or wildflowers. And they'll help develop a plan and even help identify cost share for you. So, again, go to that upper right corner of the department's webpage, www.mdc.mo.gov, and look up your private land conservationists. Steve Stoltz is a world-class turkey hunter. Here's this week's turkey hunting tip. Hi, I'm Steve Stoltz with Woodhaven Custom Calls, Mossy Oak Camouflage, and Jury Outdoors. And here's my turkey tip for the week this week. Incorporate more realism in your turkey calling. Whether you're calling with a friction call, a mouth call, tube call, doesn't make any box call, slate call, doesn't make any difference. Proper turkey rhythm is what does make the difference. Let me give you an example. 
if you have a box call and you're running a box call and you run it with this type of rhythm, that's not proper turkey rhythm. Slow the call down. Listen to live turkeys. There's all kinds of information on digital media, internet, on Jury Outdoors, Deercast. There's all kinds of information you can find real live turkeys calling. And for that matter, professional turkeys, turkey callers actually running calls. Slow that call down to a proper turkey rhythm like this. This is the same call I just ran. Turkeys have the same rhythm no matter what call you use. Now I'm going to do that same thing with a mouth call. Proper turkey rhythm is the key. doesn't make any difference if you're raspy, sweet, somewhere in between. Run good, proper turkey rhythm. And here's with a mouth call and just yelping with proper turkey rhythm. Add more realism into the calling, and you'll increase your success in the field. What I mean by realism, instead of just yelping, add some plucks, some little cuts, and add more excitement to the calling, like this. Right there, I just added more excitement more realism, and you'll get better results when you add realism in the turkeys. Again, go back and listen to, to the digital media that's available out there to, to get those live turkey sounds and add that realism to your calling. I'm Steve Stoltz, and that's your turkey tip for the week. Welcome back to Living the Dream Outdoors podcast. I'm Bill Cooper. We've been having a good time here. We've been picking on Justin Brill. He's from Illinois. Yes, sir. Great place to be from, I've heard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, glad to have you over here in Missouri. Just don't kill too many of our turkeys. You know, the population's down. Daryl thin the mountain. You know, I didn't you know hear, Illinois I didn't gets kind of a year. bad rap. You get down in southern Illinois, that's not uh, much different than southern Missouri. It's I not. Tell, I, I tell everybody that I, I can be in Kentucky a hell of a lot faster than I can be in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> Well, see, I, I grew up right across the river from you, Mississippi County, Missouri. You could go over to the Cairo Bridge, you know, and you could go across to Illinois or get down in Kentucky and Tennessee pretty quick, like, you know. That so. Cairo Bridge, is that the one that's like 800 feet up in the air? And it's really yeah, skinny? you scared me to death when I was a kid. First time I went over it, I knew I was going to die, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but great great things there in the southern Illinois. We used to go across there. Uh, we'd get carp and buffalo over in the flood waters and that sort of sure. thing. And what was the name of the little town that always had millions of Canadian geese, you know. You couldn't get through town for the geese. Oh, I know what you're talking but about. But that's, that's all changed now with the change in flight patterns and the agriculture patterns well great things going on in the outdoors and we're getting ready you know we've we memorial day weekend we had our black bass season come in for the streams and squirrel season i've been out and done some both that already but i'm sharpening my gigs now my frog gigs june 30th coming up man it's sundown you can take off and go after bullfrogs and Daryl, what, what's the date? What date is that open? Uh, sundown, June thirtieth. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's coming up. All right, good. Pretty quick. Good. And you know, it's it's still quite a tradition here in the Ozarks. And anybody that's any kind of an outdoorsman in the Ozarks has been frog gigging. Oh, for sure. And all the stories I've heard in my lifetime, 
frog gigging stories are some of the greatest, man. It's sure a good time. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. I haven't. Um, I actually haven't done it in a couple of years, but every time I go out, it's a it's a lot of fun. Oh, it is. You just gotta. It's kind of like snipe hunting, you know. You always got to have a sucker to take along with you that's never been before. <laughs> and I was doing a TV program years ago with a big old boy from Southern Missouri. He's like six four. I mean, tall handsome, suave-talking young man, you know, and just uh, just really had that buff thing going on and just a tough guy, you know. He wasn't frog-gigging with his shirt off, was he? No. Uh, he, <laughs> it, well, after I, didn't I got – I didn't know where this was going, after, Cooper. After, I, I have after, no idea. After I got done with him, I, I think he left all his clothes in the boat. <laughs> but he had never been frog-gigging before of all the time. And right out of St. James, I took him to a pretty good size pond that was known for having big bullfrogs and big water snakes oh boy so i took him out in the boat and i talked him in instead of gigging and hand grabbing that's a legal way yeah, to yeah, get frogs sure. you know oh, yeah. a lot of fun yeah so I'm, sure. I'm pulling this little boat and i said there's a big frog right there it was a big water snakes what it was his head just that's yeah. all you can see with his head i talked this boy into hand grabbing that thing and he grabbed that snake <laughs> <laughs> He danced all over that boat. I don't know where the snake landed. It didn't take him long to look at it, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Those snake stories. Uh, if you've been frogging and you've walked up on a snake or oh, yeah, almost they, gig one or anything else, you oh, know. Oh, yeah. The greatest stories is when they fall out of the tree limbs, you know, and fall in the boat and everybody exits the boat. But frog gigging, hey, it's uh, just a ton of fun. And, right, it and, is. And it's a the blast. grand thing about it, you can use your hunting or fishing license either one for frog gigging. So, oh, for it, sure. Yeah, yeah if sure you got a license, you're ready to go. But I get tickled at the methods that you can use. You know, you can use a 22 or smaller caliber uh, rifle. I didn't actually. know that. Yeah, you can. The only problem is with them. Uh, can my, you do that in Illinois, or do you, I? I don't know. I mean, I know you can here. Yeah, I don't believe so. I don't. I do not believe so. But I'd have to look that up. For sure. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't like that. Method because you don't hit them in the brain, you lose them. Yeah, yeah. they're gonna hop in. Have in you the ever bowfish for them like on a string? I have, and it's actually pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, it, the only hard thing is when you miss, you got to pull your arrow out of it. Out of the muck yeah, and the yeah. mud. But you can use that pellet gun. You can use your bow, crossbow. Now, get this. You can use your adlatl too, Daryl. You do on adlatl, don't you? I do not. And if I did, there's no way I could hit a frog. <laughs> I don't even think I could hit a deer with it, let alone a frog. <laughs> well, of course, you, you can use that. Use your hands, slapping frogs. Oh, yeah. You, you can use a hand net. You can use a gig, trot line, throw line, limb line, bank lines, jug lines. You can snag them, snare them, grab them. You can use a pole and line. You, how do you snare a bullfrog? I don't know. <laughs> we may have to experiment. I mean, don't, don't you got to set up a real little loop? Yeah, a little loop and snare them. <laughs> yeah, that, if you want to impress me, I want to see you lasso one. Yeah. yeah that, that'd be a real challenge. <laughs> you and Ronnie should do that when you're out. On oh, June don't 30. give him any ideas. <laughs> Hey, of course, pole and line. I love to catch them on a rod and reel. Now, I've never really done that. What are you, what are you using for bait on that? Well, my dad taught me this. Uh, we worked at a state park down in Boot Hill, big swampy lake, lots of bullfrogs. And my dad carried extra rod in frog season. We'd be fly fishing or whatever, long, even a long cane pole with a length of line on it. And he would literally, I saw him several times, take his red handkerchief out of his back pocket, just cut a little piece of red Cloth, put it on a hook, dangle it in front of a bullfrog, and he's going to eat it every time. Red cloth? 
Yeah, red. They, I don't. Huh. They see red really well. I guess. Kind of like bullfighting, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, they're bullfrogs. Bullfrogs. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, but, hey, but, Yeah, but you hook a bullfrog, you're in for a battle. That they'll make a bass look like a sissy oh, yeah. man. Oh. I mean, they are wild creatures. They get down under the moss on you. You're you're done. You know. One of my good buddies. We used to bowfish and frog gig all the time. And one of the funniest things I do to him is I come. You know, you get it back late. You know, from frog gigging or whatever. And I'd go by his house, and I'd have one I hand-caught or whatever, biggest <laughs> bullfrog I could get, and I'd put it in his mailbox at, like, oh my gosh. three or four in the morning. They'd go and check the mail tomorrow, and they jump yeah. on him. <laughs> yeah. His you, wife yelled at me so many times. Oh, you would love my, my father. He was a great prankster, and my only brother, his first child, little girl, she must have been five, six, seven years old at the time, and the nosiest little girl you saw in your life, she'd come to your house. She'd go through every room, go through every drawer. And so my dad had gotten kind of tired of that, you know, getting in his stuff, you know. So he'd come in one day, he'd caught a big old bullfrog, and he emptied his plastic tackle box and put that frog down in it. Walked in to the living room, just set that tackle box down, and he went in the kitchen, get a glass of tea, and he's peeking around the door. It wasn't two minutes Melinda was into that tackle box. She opened that tackle box. That big frog jumped out and hit her right in the face. <laughs> she, she was screaming, screaming. My dad laughed with tears running down his face. But frog gigging, man. Frog legs. Anybody like frog legs? Boy, they're the best. They're, they're Tough so to good. not like them. Yeah, how can you not like them, right? <laughs> well, I like them better when, when you cook them, though, than when I cook them. Well, I'm kind of that way, too, you yeah. know. But, hey, I was just over at Cowtown. We were talking about uh, frog gigging, you know, and I was telling him about one time taking all the girls in the in the family. Now, yeah. that was that was a funny, funny trip. I had a daughter-in-law. beautiful little black-headed gal. had the long red fingernails, you know. And oh, just yeah. Real prissy and took her out on the Merrimack and pulled up in a slough. Old, dark, nasty mud and moss and stuff. She sticks her first frog, and she didn't just stick him. She pushed him two foot down in that nasty old black mud, and then she didn't want to pull it straight out. She's afraid she'd pull the frog off. So she pries it up. She's got a 20-pound ball of mud and moss, and it would have taken three days for her to pick down to the frog till we kind of convinced her, you got to reach down in there and get that frog, you know. <laughs> so it was great to watch. Next frog, sitting on a flat rock along the uh, Riverbank, my daughter Jessica, tiny little girl, quiet as a church mouse, you know, and she stuck this frog. Of course, she got him pinned to a flat rock. Yeah, right. I said, now, sissy, you got to step out of that canoe. We were in canoes. Yeah. Uh, you got to step out and grab that frog right behind the head. She's doing this yo-yo thing, you know. She didn't really want to grab this frog. She finally got a hold of him and picked him up. Big old frog, it peed all the way down her whatever shirt. <laughs> She's squealing. Oh, he peed on me. You know, that's a welcome to frog gigging. Actually, that's the best thing you can do. If you have a young child, get him out frog gigging, you know, and introduces them to something and in a pretty low-key way and get them excited about the outdoors. It's great for kids. It's fun to do. Uh, get your family out there and give it a shot. And whatever state you're in, Illinois, Missouri, Kansas, wherever, it's something everybody can do, and it's pretty easy. You just need a gig and go for it. It really is. And, hey, and that's a story those kids will tell their grandkids. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've been in the outdoor industry for five decades, man, and I listen, I've listened to thousands and thousands of stories, and nothing lights my eyes up better than listen to a kid tell a story just like that, and they'll remember those things over their video games and all that sort of thing, because 
it is in the outdoors. It's with family. It's with friends. Oh, it's, sure. It's an adventure. It's something new. bit scary, you know. So, so you know, you got to watch that frog gigging from canoes, though, because if you get overzealous in your approach and you're, you're gigging, you're right out of the edge of that thing. You're, well, uh, you tip everybody over on that. Hey, it's in summertime. I tell everybody, don't, don't matter. Don't worry. You're going to church close. Because <laughs> <You know? laughs> the frog might pee on you. Yeah. Right? We learned that, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but for back sure. to back to those frog legs. Now talking to Cowtown over here, and I'm trying to put together a frog gig and trip for them. And he's, oh, you won't get none of these girls to go. I said, that's the greatest man. You gotta have, gotta have the girls to go. You know, Bill, we probably got frogs right here in this lake. I, I bet you do. I bet you just do. try to gig those. Hey, uh, we may have to do that, man, and have yeah. a frog fry. But I said the coolest thing is you get those girls, you coax them into getting in the canoes or whatever get out and get nasty and muddy and have a good time but what really freaks them out man is you clean those frogs you drop that first frog leg in that sizzling hot it's grease moving, yeah. and it jumps out of the frying pan <laughs> <laughs> well that's why that's how you know they're fresh right <laughs> absolutely boy but hey uh, and i don't i never tell the girls so you now this is important if you don't learn anything else from this episode, don't tell them about all the bugs because you're out there with lights, you know. Oh, I know. And I, I, I keep saying I'm on a Venice screen to go on your teeth, you know, to keep the bugs from <laughs> getting <laughs> Yeah, you can't really wear a head net either because you need the light unless you put it on the outside. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah you, you got to have it. You just learn to tolerate it. And people, people that are not used to this kind of thing, their tolerances go up pretty quick. Yeah, for sure. Just a ton of fun. I find if you have somebody that's a big talker, they're not by the end of the trip. No, they learn to keep their mouth shut. That's, that's right. for sure. <laughs> that's one good thing about the bugs, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, sure. I tell you what, if you do it as an office trip, it's going to do one or two things for you. Mm-hmm. It's going to make everybody bond together, or it's going to make them hate each other. <laughs> <laughs> Never thought about a company frogging a trip. trip. Yeah. Oh, we've done them. I, I remember used to do a, a Sunday school gigging trips, you know, go out yeah. in, the, in the cool weather anyway. And, oh, man, first time I did that, I took some folks, and I got a gal in my boat. I say she wasn't a lightweight, you know. Yeah. And first thing she gigged was about an 18-inch hellbender and slung that thing oh boy. up up in the boat. She went to dancing. I thought I was going to tip the boat over and then fell in my boat seat and broke it right off the stem. You know? <laughs> so, I don't think you're supposed to gig hellbenders, are you? No, you're not. But, you know, <laughs> how, this happened in first, 1923. Yeah, first time first time gigger. And the, she didn't hurt too bad. I put it back in the water. But sure <laughs> hurt my boat, boy. <laughs> Oh boy, it's a rough. You know, rough it's trip. kind of a common theme I hear you about taking all these girls like frog gigging. What's yeah. that song that I, you know, took her out and frog teach her how to frog gig and sang her every Willie Nelson song I knew? Oh is yeah, that, oh, is, yeah. Is that yeah. what song is that? I mean, oh, uh, I know what you're talking about, <laughs> but I'm not it's much of a singer. Rich. Yeah, it's big and rich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't sing well, so I frog gig. <laughs> you know, I like to frog. I like to frog. That, sing is, that impresses good. girls, I think, is if you take them frog gigging. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, that's a great Depends way to impress them. Yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll see how far you get with most of them. But, hey, frog gigging, man. Daryl, i tell you what, it's been a good time. Glad to have you on with us, man, from Illinois. Yeah. And, Daryl, tell folks how they can get a hold of you if they want to. Yeah, talk sure. To you you can get a hold of myself here um, or Justin Briel uh, from Illinois with Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. Just call us anytime at 855 855- uh, by dirt, which is 855-289-3478. 
or you can uh, just look us up at uh, livingthedreamland.com. You know, uh, there's a lot of things going on in the real estate market now. It's still good in the rural and recreational markets. Some of you are hearing about, you know, some of the downturns in some of the residential markets in the big cities and such, and uh, there's still a lack of inventory there, but uh, we're not seeing the downward trend uh, in this type of property that, that a lot of places are. So if you're thinking about buying or selling property, call us. We'd be happy to give you a market update and what's going on out there. Uh, just call. We'll be glad to do that. No obligation. i be happy to visit with you and talk about what's going on in the real estate market anytime. The wonderful thing about living the dream outdoor properties, boy, you guys really do get to dream properties. I check that website every day, and it just amazes the properties that pop up and how quickly they're turned. And I guarantee you, you get a hold of these guys, they can get you a property with a frog pond on it. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Most of them got frogs somewhere. That's the easy part, yeah. You bet. Yeah. Well, these, these guys do live walk, talk, dream about the outdoors. And folks, I guarantee you, the three of us sitting here, we do live our outdoor dreams. We encourage you to get into the outdoors and enjoy your outdoor dreams as well. I'm Bill Cooper. We'll see you next time. Captain Brian Wilson runs one of the tightest boat fishing operations in the business. Stainwater Boat Fishing operates out of Jerome, Missouri and the beautiful Missouri Ozarks. They cover most Ozark streams and lakes. You haven't lived until you've searched Ozark waters during the night with Stainwater Boat Fishing while looking for giant gar, carp, and buffalo. Captain Wilson also runs a second boat on Tanicomo Lake. Call today to book a trip with Stainwater Boat Fishing at 573 573- 263-8016. Again, that's 573-263-8016. Be sure and shoot straight. fishing on the Lake of the Ozarks. Look no further than Big Ed's guide service right there on Lake of the Ozarks. Big Ed Franco has been fishing on Lake of the Ozarks most of his life and has been guiding for almost two decades. I've fished with Big Ed had a great time. He's a lot of fun and certainly knows where the bass live. You can call Big Ed to make a reservation at 573-692-6710 or go to BigEdsGuideService.com. And on the flip side of his business card is Bass and Baskets. That's a bed and breakfast that he and his wife, Deb, also run right on the banks of Lake of the Ozarks. You have a beautiful place to stay, great meals, beautiful outdoor decor, and you can walk right out the front door, get on Ed's bass boat, and head out to fish. You can call for the bed and breakfast at 573-692-6737 or look them up at BassandBaskets.com. The Live in the Dream Outdoors podcast is brought to you by Live in the Dream Outdoor Properties, The Fly Rod Journals, SmokerBuilder.com, Cowtown USA, Westover Farms, Scenic Rivers Taxidermy, Stained Water Bowfishing, Scenic Rivers Guide Service and Tours, Huzzah Valley Resort, Pico Lures, Devil's Backbone Outfitters, The Fallen Outdoors, Ledco Sinkers and Lure Company, Turnbow Outdoors, J&J Charters, Kaufman Cove, Alaska, Big Ed's Guide Service, Bean Creek Game Calls, Misty Mountain Guide Service, ASO Guides and Outfitters with Ryan Walker, On the Hook TV, and Rich's Famous Burgers.
Land ownership is the American dream. Land is the basis of all life. Our wise use of this most precious of resources ensures the survival and growth of free institutions and our American way of life. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we value the traditions and freedoms that land provides us. Every day we seek the solace of a mountain sunrise over traffic jams and smog, the calming silence of a bubbling stream over the sirens of the city, and the quiet of the countryside over the hustle and bustle of the world. We hunt, we fish, we farm, we live off the land. It's our mission to help our clients live out their dreams on the land as we do. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we believe that it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. Join us five days a week on Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast as the Living the Dream Outdoor Dream Team explores the most desired outdoor properties in the Midwest and whisks you away to incredible hunting, fishing, and outdoor recreation opportunities. Host Bill Cooper, an inductee of the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, will be joined by members of the Living the Dream Outdoors team each week as they tell tall tales, unveil tips and tactics, and rub elbows with some of the biggest names in the outdoor world. You'll also find the Living the Dream Outdoors podcast on your favorite social media platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. 